Welcome to the Legal Download Podcast, a rundown of the latest issues impacting your business from Kelly Dry. Welcome to Kelly Dry's Legal Download Podcast. I'm Sean Sobel. I'm joined today by my colleagues Wayne D'Angelo, partner in Kelly Dry's Energy and Environmental Practice, and Courtney Kleschinski, special counsel in the corporate practice. Today, we are going to be discussing the Supreme Court decision in West Virginia versus EPA and its potential impact on the rules and regulations of other federal agencies. With that, I turn this podcast over to Wayne. Thanks, Sean. And uh, as Sean said, we're going to discuss the impact of the Supreme Court decision in West Virginia versus EPA, which really caused EPA to go back to the drawing board on its plans for regulating power plants under the Clean Air Act. Those plans involve using one particular provision of the Clean Air Act. That's 111D and in one particular way. So as a matter of statutory interpretation, Supreme Court only took one tool out of EPA's tool belt. But when you get into the reasoning behind the court's decision, West Virginia versus EPA might signal a larger limitation on EPA's ability to address climate change and the decision's ramifications extend far beyond environmental regulations. As the decision is likely to play an important role in major rulemaking across the regulatory landscape, including securities, international trade, tax, immigration, health, and other issues. And in particular today, we're going to focus on its potential impact on the SEC's proposed climate change rules. So let's get to the case. So in West Virginia versus EPA, the Supreme Court held that Congress may not authorize an administrative agency like EPA to address an issue of great economic or political significance in the court's parlance, a major question unless Congress speaks pretty clearly and precisely in doing so. The only authority EPA has is that which is granted by Congress through statute. And when Congress wants EPA, or any agency for that matter, to do something really major or consequential, one would expect Congress to say so somewhat clearly in the statute. So from the agency's perspective, the major questions doctrine is really saying that EPA cannot justify highly consequential unprecedented new regulatory regimes by setting the vague or ambiguous statutory terms. Congress does not hide elephants and mouse ones. That's Justice Scalia uh, that I'm quoting there. So application of the major questions doctrine is, is really a two-step inquiry. The first step is the case trigger the major questions doctrine. And if so, can the agency point to a clear congressional authorization to regulate in the proposed manner? The Supreme Court in West Virginia versus EPA didn't really offer a ton of guidance on either of these steps, but it pro- provided some major question indicators and examples. So is the agency suddenly finding authority for an entirely new regulatory program in a long existing statute? Would Congress have granted the agency such authority through the statutory text that's cited by the agency? And is the agency's assertion of authority somewhat surprising? For instance, Is it surprising that the CDC claimed authority to stop evictions, that OSHA could require all major employers to have vaccine mandates or require employees, 85 million employees across the United States to undergo uh, individual uh, testing uh, every week at their own expense? Or as here, would EPA's authority to impose emissions limits provide EPA authority to dictate national energy policy for how energy is produced and from what sources? Congress sometimes conveys agencies more generalized authority to find and fix problems within their purview. But more often, Congress, albeit imperfectly, prescribes the specific ways and means that agencies must address problems. Lots of environmental statutes, like the Clean Air Act, are like this. 
and most of those statutes are quite old. The last time Congress amended a major environmental statute was the Clean Air Act Amendments of 1990. I didn't even have a driver's license yet. My whole legal career and everything, every group is either loved or hated about environmental policy throughout my legal career. None of it was based on changes in statute. It was all based on different administrations providing different interpretations of the same decades-old statutes. So the major questions doctrine puts EPA in a hard spot. Agency has a mandate to address some very big and very important issues, but its only tools come from decades-old statutory authority. The agency needs to take some big swings and to creatively interpret their governing statutes to find authority for new and potentially costly regulatory programs. That is difficult to do, and it's more difficult to do when the Supreme Court and other courts will question whether Congress clearly and explicitly authorized those big swings or those costly new approaches. The implications of this decision are far-reaching, both for administrative rulemaking, whether pending or new, and for administrative litigation in federal courts. Regulated parties will undoubtedly invoke this case and major questions doctrine to argue across broad assertions of executive branch authority during notice and comment rulemaking processes and if they're unsuccessful in court challenges. To be sure, Congress could address this problem by conveying EPA and other agencies new statutory authority to address widely recognized problems, but no one's holding their breath on that outcome. And in the meantime, while the full contours of the major questions doctrine is not yet clear, it is clear that EPA will have to walk a bit of a tightrope and take the time to identify the statutory authority to support its actions. And with that, I'll turn it over to Courtney. Thank you, Wayne. As Wayne mentioned earlier, the Supreme Court's decision to curb the Environmental Protection Agency's powers could provide legal ammunition for challenges to financial regulations envisioned by the SEC and other agencies. One may anticipate the major questions doctrine playing a role in potential challenges against new regulations, not only in the environmental or energy sphere, but also by the SEC and other financial regulators seeking to regulate markets involving cryptocurrencies and other blockchain products, or by potential regulations that may be proposed by the Federal Trade Commission seeking to alter traditional understandings of antitrust and competition law. In March 2022, the SEC unveiled a proposal that would require companies to provide investors with reliable information about their contributions to climate change and the risks they face from a warmer planet. Specifically, the SEC's pending proposal would require that publicly traded companies report greenhouse gas emissions from their own operations as well as from the energy they consume and to obtain independent certification of their estimates. In some cases, companies would be required to report greenhouse gas output from their supply chains and consumers, known as scope three emissions. In their 6-3 ruling in West Virginia versus EPA, the high court's conservatives agreed to limit the EPA's ability to regulate greenhouse gas emissions from power plants. They did so by holding up the major questions doctrine, a legal theory that says Congress must give agencies an explicit green light when regulating issues of vast economic and political significance. This could apply to the SEC climate proposal because the SEC's mandate, which was penned nearly a century ago, makes no mention of climate change. 
Legal experts admit that while the high court decision complicates things, they aren't necessarily convinced the West Virginia versus EPA ruling itself is what ultimately would doom the SEC's climate change rule, at least not yet. Though the Supreme Court made clear that it is closely examining agencies' regulatory authority, it did not clarify what types of cases would fall into the major questions category moving forward. Some believe the SEC, through its proposed rules, is not trying to tackle climate change. Rather, the SEC is trying to get investors accurate information, as it has been doing since the 1930s. We believe that the situations at EPA and the SEC are different due to the statutes and regulatory efforts at issue. But the EPA ruling is important for the SEC because the court is clearly keeping an eye on agencies that are taking bold actions to address issues they might not have handled historically. We would expect the Supreme Court ruling to encourage agencies such as the SEC to write proposed rules carefully so that they are grounded in specific statutory authorizations. Because arguments over the major questions doctrine will likely play a key role in major rulemakings, both during the notice and comment process and in follow-on litigation, it's important that regulated businesses and trade associations become acquainted with the scope of the doctrine. Those entities and associations should also recognize that limits on EPA's regulatory authority do not necessarily equate to limits on its enforcement authority. And in fact, we may see EPA trying to address some of these bigger issues through enforcement and actions for injunctive relief. Kelly Dry's lawyers are available to help you understand the doctrine's application to specific rules, how it might impact your existing or future regulatory burden, and potential litigation options. For additional information on this and other topics, please visit kellydry.com. Kelly Dry has podcasts available through your podcast provider.